Welcome back to Sunshine with Rain. I'm Lauren Clum. And I'm Julie Hayes. Today we are talking about Enneagrams. So Lauren, how did you first find out about the Enneagram test? So my sister actually sent the test to me and she said, I feel like you would like this personality test. I want to see if you and I would get the same result because we're nine years apart and people often say that we're like twin souls because we're literally the same person. And so that's how I found out and I took the test and I ended up getting the same result. Um, for me, I was, um, I'm in the Patreon group for the morning toast. So some girl had messaged in there and been like, Hey, for one of the Patreon episodes, you guys should do an Enneagram test and like, tell us what your types are. And she included a link to the test and being the nosy bitch I am. I'm like, you know, any kind of test that I can take to better understand, you know, I'm just trying to be like an emotionally woke human about my own self, you know? So I clicked the link. And I took the longest test of my life, and then I proceeded to force every single person that I know to take it. I was like, sit down and take this test, and I want to know your answers. So, (laughs) yeah, that's how I got introduced. I literally did the same thing because I wanted to, like, I found it almost like a cheat sheet to kind of, like, get to know the key players in my life. And I'm like, I want to know what you are. I want to know what you are. So let's sit down and I'll take the quiz for you. You just need to answer. So if you guys are wondering, the Enneagram is a system of personality tests that describes patterns and how people conceptualize the world and manage their emotions. The Enneagram model describes nine different personality types and maps each one of these types on a nine-pointed diagram, which basically helps illustrate how the types relate to one another. So I think what we should do here is probably just outline what each type is. I have like some bullet points here in our notes. So we're just going to go through the different types so that if you have taken the Enneagram test, you guys can read a little bit more about yourselves. But if you haven't, you can have an understanding of what the types are. And maybe that'll make you excited to take the test because we're going to make sure to link it in our description. And then also in our link tree on Instagram, we'll have a link to the Enneagram test that we both took. So Julie, do you just want to read the first one and then we'll bounce back and forth? Yeah, that actually, that's perfect. We can do that. So the nine Enneagram type descriptions, the first one is the number one, and it's called the reformer, the rational, idealistic type, principled, purposeful, self-controlled, and perfectionistic. The second type is type two, and it's called the helper, the caring, interpersonal type, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. This is also the type that Juan is, my boyfriend. Oh, I love that. Number three is the achiever, and this is actually my type. It says that it's someone who is success-oriented, pragmatic, adaptable, excelling, driven, and image conscious. The type three in brief, threes are self-assured, attractive, and charming, ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They're diplomatic and poised, but they can be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. Me to a T, I feel seen as fuck. They typically have problems with workaholism or is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's me. And competitiveness, also me, hence my normal mental breakdowns. At their best, they're self-accepting, authentic, and everything that they seem to be. They're role models who inspire others. Their basic fear is being worthless. Their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. And then I am a Enneagram 3 with a two wing, which is called the Charmer. Um, My key motivations are I want to be affirmed, I want to distinguish myself from others, and I want to have attention to be admired and to impress others. So type four is the individualist, the sensitive withdrawn type, 
very expressive, dramatic, self-absorbed, and temperamental. Type 5 is the investigator. It's someone who's intense, the cerebral type, perceptive, innovative, secretive, and isolated. So type 6 is the loyalist, the committed, security-oriented type, engaging, responsible, anxious, and suspicious. Type 6 is actually my type. Sixes are considered to be reliable, hardworking, and trustworthy. We are considered excellent troubleshooters, and we foresee problems and foster cooperation, but we can also be very defensive and anxious, running on stress while complaining about it literally my entire life with this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, keep going. That's so funny. They can be cautious and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant, and rebellious. Hell yeah, that's me. They typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion facts. At their best, internally stable and self-reliant, courageously championing themselves and others. Why was that so hard? I don't know. English is hard. Courageous. (laughs) Courageous? Courageously championing. Championing? Courageous. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Let's try it again courageously championing themselves and others. So basic fear for a six is of being without support and guidance. Basic desire is to have security and support. I am actually a six wing seven, so I'm considered the buddy. Key motivation is to want to have security, to feel supported by others, to have certitude and reassurance, to test the attitudes of others towards them, and to fight against anxiety and insecurity. Type seven is the enthusiast. The busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. These are none of the things that I am. I can't fucking relate. This is why you're not a six-wing seven. I This am. is so true. I'm so, <laughs> that gives me anxiety looking at it. So type eight is the challenger. They're powerful, dominating type. Self-confident, decisive, willful, and confrontational. That sure as hell is not me. That sounds hot, though. Like, I'm attracted to that. Right? Like, who's a type 8? Hit me up. I don't know anyone who is. Me but neither. if any of you are a type 8, we're both in relationships, but... <laughs> we would love to be friends with you. We'd love to be friends with you. And I know someone's single, so... Hit us up. Number nine is the peacemaker. So this is my husband, the precious gem of a man that he is. He's easygoing, self-effacing. He's receptive, reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. And honestly, the fact that he's with me, he's also a saint. So let's dive a little bit deeper, I guess, into our Enneagram types. At just my Enneatype on Instagram is one of Lauren's favorite accounts and I just started following, but I actually saw this graphic and I sent it to my husband last week and I don't know how I stumbled upon it. You I stumbled didn't... upon it because I sent it to you. You sent it to me? Yeah, because you were having a bad day and I was like, Julie, I'm, I want to ask you these questions because my type three is upset. Holy shit. Oh my gosh, Lauren, I really feel like you have insight into my life. Yeah. Everyone... Find yourself a Lauren. Tell them your Enneagram type. They'll send you shit in your DMs when you're having a bad day. So your type three is upset. Ask these questions. Want to grab some coffee? Have you ever felt like this before? What may have triggered this? How can I make you feel safe to be honest? Does this need to be fixed or does this need to be accepted? Is there something practical I can do to help? And if you ask that, make sure you do it. All of those questions are so spot on for me. Like... Aaron asks me that. He's like, what triggered this reaction? Or what are you really upset about? Then it says to say these things. I'm here for you when you're ready, which is so true. I always need space. And then it says, do these things. Ask probing questions about my feelings. Ask me over and over again if I need something. And eventually I'll tell you. That's what I tried to do for you. I love 
you. Oh, That's so I nice. Help me understand why I'm feeling a certain way, what started it, and how to fix it. Reassure me. Hug me. Do anything that helps me sort through feelings I think I should have versus my actual feelings. And that's a big one. I usually will beat myself up because what I'm actually feeling, I don't feel like is appropriate based on what I should be feeling. Like I feel like I should be happy about it or I should be excited for someone instead of one of the things that Hannah says to me all the time. She's like, you are valid for feeling how you do. And it's okay to acknowledge that feeling and accept that feeling and then move forward with it. No, you shouldn't just sit and stew in it, but you're not wrong for feeling that way. And then offer practical solutions. And that's a really big one too. Like if people just give me like, like today I was telling Aaron I needed to buy work pants and he was like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Don't stress over it. Like you'll be fine. And I was like, no, I won't be fine. I need to go shopping for work pants. (laughs) I was like, no, it just doesn't work. Pants aren't just going to show up at the fucking house, Aaron. That's not how it works. And I was so irritated (laughs) that he just... I was like, what I wanted him to say was, okay, we can go like to the store together or something. We can go shopping together, but men, you know, can't live with (laughs) them and literally can't procreate without them (laughs) and don't do these things smother me. And I feel like this is all just very, very accurate. I I feel like that is very you. Like you want someone to be there for you, but you don't want them to smother you. Yes. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I just need to hear like, you're going to be okay how you're feeling. It's okay for you to be having a bad day. You don't have to put on a show before me or be turned on because you're having a bad day for me because I pressure myself to feel that way. So for me, uh, my graphic says, so your six is upset. And to ask these questions, do you want a hug? Would you like my advice or do you just want me to listen? That is a huge one for me because sometimes when it's like when, when you're a girl and you're talking to your boyfriend about problems and I'm like, I don't need you to be logical. I just need you to listen to me. And Juan is very bad at that. And he'll give me like the logical approach. I'm like, no, I just literally want you to hear me, bitch. Like I don't have time for this logical approach right now. <laughs> do you want to talk about it? Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. What can I do for you? What made you feel that way? What is in your control? This is a huge one for me too because I often get upset about the things that are not in my control because I tend to take a lot of people's emotions and put them on my back and that's why I get so upset about certain things but it's literally not in my control. What is really getting at you here? What's the larger thing that you're concerned with? Do you need me to step out of the room with you? What would help you feel more in control of the situation? Would you like to get some friends together for dinner? And I really love to be surrounded by the people that I love because it takes my mind away from all the things that are racing in my head. Say these things. Help me understand your thinking process. Do these things. Give me plenty of time to answer your questions. I need to talk a lot. Get me a drink and tell me it will be okay. (laughs) This is me. A water, a coffee, or an alcoholic beverage will help me. Trust me. (laughs) She's thirsty, bitch. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) And then the last one says to listen. And then it says, don't do these things. Ask questions. And then mine actually has two little asterisks that say, too many questions stresses me out, which is true. I just want to explain what I'm feeling. I don't want to break down the who, what, when, where, why. We're not writing an essay. This isn't the FCAT. Listen to me and I will tell you how I'm feeling. And then the last one says, hold my hand slash hold me until I calm down. Um, I don't really know if that one resonates that well with me because I'm not really like a physical touch person, but you It can... says don't do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So maybe, that really resonates with you. Maybe I should learn how to read. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. So another really great, um, I guess like 
post. Not, yeah, I guess it's a graphic, but I mean, like, she does this. She'll post for each Enneagram type, right? So she'll do, like, nine in, like, a week or in, like, a day and post all of them. So she did a whole little segment on heart triad, triads, 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 triads. Well, if you actually look at it, they, it breaks down, like, each number has, like, if you're talking about type two, three, or four, it's a heart triad. If you're talking about five, six, or seven, it's a head triad. And if you're talking about one, eight, and nine, it's a gut slash body triad. So it says um, it's divided into three triads, the body, head, and heart, which explains to us how we take in information as well as our relationships to anger, fear, and shame. So this series walked us through what types each triad have in common, as well as how each type has a different relationship with their body, head, and heart center. So for number three, I'm in the heart triad, and it says shame. Threes take in information through their emotional centers, so they have feelings about everything they encounter. Threes experience themselves in relation to the feelings and behaviors of others. As part of the shame triad, threes struggle with feeling worthless. For a three, this means they feel that it is necessary to gain the admiration of others in order to avoid feeling shame or to feel loved and admired. I feel like that is you to a T. Honestly, it gives me like anxiety how like that's so how I am. And so I think that's why like, I mean, for me, I think it's really, really hard is that um, I really do like put value on myself based on like the opinions of other people. And I feel like I have to like put on a show, right? For all these other people. But um. I think like the reason why I love like learning about my own Enneagram and reading about it and the people I care about so much. So like if you guys are listening to this podcast and like where you're not a type three, this might not be like really interesting content for you. But like I really do encourage you to go and look up and read more about yourself because it made me feel normal. Other people feel this way too. Right. It's not just like it feels really alone. And like I also am like, wow, how stupid am I for like thinking what everyone else's opinions of me are like and, and putting those up on like, you know, a pedestal because who gives a shit what other people think about you and that's what people tell you your whole life. But like knowing so many other people view the world the same that I do, which again is putting other people's opinions on a pedestal, but it makes me feel like normalized and like accepted and like what I feel and how I like perceive things isn't wrong that it's just a different way based on my own life experiences from like how you, you view things. Right. So what did yours, what's your triad, triad, triad? <laughs> I'm literally going to kill you. <laughs> no, it's a triad. Okay. This entire episode is actually <laughs> us just struggling at like English. So <laughs> this entire episode is the constant mispronunciation of common words. It's not my fault. I chugged a McDonald's iced coffee and I can't read anymore. <laughs> So my head triad actually says fear. Sixes take in information analytically through their minds. Sixes are observational fact slash logic based people. As part of the fear triad, sixes have more difficulty making decisions and plans for the future. Sixes tend to react to fear by foreseeing the worst case scenario. They're usually ready for anything that can go wrong. As such, sixes can be labeled pessimist. I just think that this triad is so spot on for me because I am a very observational person and when I'm in a social setting, I tend to be more to myself and more looking at the surroundings and just trying to figure out who is who and 
what they're about and that kind of thing and take things from a logical aspect. And I'm also very skeptic about people when I first meet them because I'd like to keep people at an arm's length because I'm fearful that they're going to hurt me and I just don't trust people. And that goes into the fact that I can be labeled as such a pessimist. And when Juan and I first started dating and I would get so upset and he would say, you just have a really negative outlook on the world. And I said, I'm not being negative. I'm being a realist. And that's something that I've always said, and I will die on this hill, that I am not a negative person. I'm just trying to be real and not set myself up for disappointment because I have such fear and anxiety of being disappointed and disappointing other people which is why I have such a hard time saying sorry and pleasing people because I just want to make sure that everybody's okay and I'm scared that everybody won't be because I'm not doing my job. I'm getting emotional. <laughs> that's really sad and that's really scary. It, it's fearful. Because you hold yourself up to like so such a high standard and you hold everyone up to such a high standard that like people are bound to let you down. Yeah. And then all it does is reinforce that people will hurt you and you have to work twice as hard to not let other people be hurt by you because you know how it feels that's just like it's like a catch-22 I don't actually know if that's what it really is but I feel like that's the right phrase my entire life is a double-edged sword holy shit maybe that's what I was looking at what's a catch-22 it's exactly the same thing oh so I was right too yeah no you were definitely correct it is a catch-22 because I want people to make sure that I'm okay and I want to make sure that people are okay. Is that why you got so mad when I fell off the face of the earth for like three days? Yeah, because I just want to know that you're okay. Even if you're not going to talk to me, just send me a text and say, hey, I'm fine. I just need some space. Because I want to make sure that you're not like in a ditch under the 408 or something. But I was posting on my Instagram story. <laughs> I understand that, but you weren't communicating directly with me. And you're putting content out for other people. And that I understand because it's part of your type three overachiever. You want to maintain your facade and that's okay. (laughs) But for me. Damn, putting me on blast (laughs) on the fucking podcast, bro. But but for me, I literally just want to make sure that you're okay. And if you, like, it's like my type three is upset. Like, I want to make sure that you don't need me. And if you need me to tell you that it's going to be okay, I can do that. But I just need to feel needed. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love you, Lauren. I just want to be there for you, bitch. What I'm the fuck? I'm sorry, Lauren. I'm a psycho and I fall off the face of the earth sometimes, okay? And I don't usually apologize for too. it. But I just did it and you got it on fucking recording. So it's your lucky day. Woohoo! One of the other Instagrams for Enneagrams that I really like is at Enneagram and Coffee. And I think that I just kind of want to read all of these because... She did an entire series where she said, I don't know what Enneagram type one, two, three, four, whatever needs to hear this, but, and it was so freaking good. So it says, I don't know what Enneagram type one needs to hear this, but just hit publish on that website already. It will never be perfect. So type one is the perfectionist, right? So for type two, it says, I don't know what Enneagram type two needs to hear this, but you are so worthy of love just as you are. Put down the phone and let them come to you. Wow, I really love that. I don't know what Enneagram type three needs to hear this, but make sure you're building a life that feels good to live. Don't treat your days like a rung on a ladder to future happiness. Yo, I have chills. Hannah sent that to me and I cried and cried and cried because my whole life I always look at what's next and I'll be happy with my next promotion or I'll be happy when we have kids and I have my family complete or I'll be happy when I'm out of college or I'll be happy when I'm married. And I always thought... I'd be happy at what's next. And then I was just talking to my mom about this when she was in town this week. 
And I was explaining to my mom that that's not the case at all. That what I've noticed is the consistent pattern in my life is my unhappiness because I'm always looking towards the future instead of being grateful and appreciative of what I have now. And my mom was like, yes, Jules, that's how you've been your entire life. She's like, all of us have tried to tell you that, but it's just like a maturity thing that like you grow into. And when you realize that, it, that that's become a pattern, but no one can really tell you that you have to learn that, I guess, for yourself, right? You know, what's funny is that when I was sending you all the people that were type three, it's a lot of famous people. And a lot of famous people often say in their careers that they wish they would have taken a moment to just soak it in instead of trying to figure out the next best thing or keep the momentum and things like that. And I feel like that applies to everybody in, in everyday life. You just have to take a moment and sit down and look back and reflect and think, okay, this is it, you know? I'm in this moment and it feels great. So for type four, um, I don't know what Enneagram type four needs to hear this, but the first time you do something will be the worst you'll ever be at it. You have to do rough drafts before you get truly visionary creations. I don't know what Enneagram type five needs to hear this, but there's so much more where that came from. Buy that thing you've had in your Amazon cart for weeks. This is why I'm not a top five because I would be spending mad money. Yeah, I have no problem ordering shit on Amazon, okay? (laughs) Aaron's like, you don't need that. I'm like, but I do. I don't know what Enneagram type six needs to hear this, but whatever choice you make is going to be fine. Wow, this is this is definitely me. I'm a pros cons list type of girl, and I often question so much of my decisions every single day. Like when I was getting ready to leave the state attorney's office and start at my new job, I had such a hard time trying to leave and give my notice and say bye to all these people because I was just scared. Type sixes are also very comfortable and that that embodies who I am as a person and I don't like things out of the norm. I don't know what Enneagram type seven needs to hear this, but it's probably a good idea to start checking your bank account every day. This is why I'm a, I am a six wing seven <laughs> because I just <laughs> honestly, sometimes I'll just be spending, spending, spending and I'll look and I'm like those memes that's like, oh, I, I should have $200 in my account. And I look down and it's like, Negative 50 cents. I'm sorry. (laughs) What? I'm fucking dead. Type 8. I don't know what Enneagram type 8 needs to hear this, but you should go home, get some rest, and get back to it tomorrow. Type 8 was the the hot one, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They they really do need to go home and get some rest. Come home to us, right? (laughs) (laughs) Erin's going to listen to this episode and be like, are you cheating on me with an Enneagram type? (laughs) Probably. The entire type. Anyone who's a type 8, come to mama. Honestly, Enneagram, this one for Enneagram type 9 is definitely why you love Erin so much. Oh, let me read it. Okay. I don't know what Enneagram type 9 needs to hear this, but put down the cozy blanket and take one tiny step in the direction of your biggest dream. This is why I love Erin so much. I am so passionate about pushing people to greatness and making them discover their self-worth and encouraging them and driving them. I take my drive and I and I think this makes me a good manager because I take someone who isn't motivated or I take someone who doesn't have a lot of like self-esteem or like is struggling with their self-worth and I'm like, let me take you under my wing. You're my child now. I'm going to teach you everything I know. I'm going to develop every aspect of your life. We're going to sit down. We're going to read books about it. We're going to 
talk about it. We're going to make a pros and cons list about your different options here. We're going to do it all. And look how successful. Look, my little bird, get out of your nest and fly free. But I love Aaron because I'm that person and he is the person at home cuddled in the blanket. And I'm so go, 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 go all the time that like sometimes he's like, no, bitch, sit the fuck down and get under this blanket and chill. And that's exactly why he's the perfect person for you because type nine is also the peacemaker. And you're so, like you said, go, go, go all the time. And he brings you back down to earth and he says, Julie, you need to take a break. And I'm a Taurus. Oh, and she's bullheaded too. I'm like a stubborn, but like a Taurus is known as like, so we take like a lot of like, we want to be cozy and comfortable in our homes. And like, we like very like, we, we like our like comforts. We like like a nice like cozy blanket. We like a good mattress. We like a little Y'all self-care. Yeah, we're a bougie self-care moment. You, you know? know you know why I know this? Because I sleep next to a Taurus every fucking night oh my of my God. life. I forgot. Honestly, and did you know my wing is a type two? So I am a little bit of one. Yeah, he's a two wing three. Y'all Wait. are a little bit of each other. <laughs> You know, it's so funny. Okay. (laughs) I actually had Justin and Carly take the Enneagram and I am a type six. So is Justin. Juan is a type two and so is Carly. So we are literally with our opposites, like each other. Well, no wonder you guys are best friends. Like you and Carly get along so well Mm -hmm. because you're already dating one. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. So you might as well date another one in a friendship way. Right. And so when Juan like became friends with Justin and I was like, me and Justin are the same person. (laughs) It's really scary. (laughs) No, that's why. Okay. So Aaron gets really concerned if like you let Ty and I like go off into the world on our own. Like Ty Tuesdays, we used to, it used to be Ty Monday through freaking Friday. Okay. Like Ty and I used to go all the time, but we both are a three W2. Mm. And Sounds it like is trouble to me. so scary. And we just keep pushing each other and pushing each other to the point of just exhaustion and like mental breakdowns. And so we had to cut it back. I'm like, listen, I love you. I'll talk to you all day, every day. Every time I'm in my car, I call Ty. But I was like, we're enabling and bringing out the worst in each other. And we were both tired as hell all the time, all the time. Because we both were trying to please each other and live up to each other's expectations. So, yeah, what I'm trying to say is the fucking struggle is real. Speaking of struggling, are you ready to jump in to silver lining? I'm always ready. You know, there's nothing I love more than a good silver lining. So how about you take it away, Lauren? Okay. So my sister actually called me on the way home from work today. And my parents' house next door to them in South Carolina, their neighbors were planning to put it on the market. But my sister and my brother-in-law approached them. And said, hey, would you be willing to rent this house to us because it's next door? And so my sister called me today and she told me that they got approved to rent the house next door. And it just really made me have some hardcore FOMO. And I am the biggest FOMO advocate because I literally hate feeling that way. And I just felt so sad that I couldn't be there with them because I wanted to live next door. And I just want to like walk over and be like, hey guys, what's good? (laughs) Like, I just want to chill here. So my silver lining is that I can't discredit the life that I'm building here with Juan because at the end of the day, we will eventually have our own family and it will eventually be just the two of us. And I have to learn to cut the tethered cord soon (laughs) because I'm going to be 25 and I can't 
there's a difference between being emotionally dependent on your parents and then just having them there and loving them and wanting to spend time with them. And I've never known a balance between the two. And it's often caused some type of struggle in my relationship with Juan because he would tell me sometimes, you're picking your family over me. And I'm like, oh shit, you're right, I am. I don't want that to discredit the life that we're building because it is going to be a beautiful life. And we are very fortunate and lucky to have the situation that we have. Now I'm in the realization that my life isn't going to be like that anymore. I haven't lived with my parents for like five or six years now, but that doesn't mean that I don't miss them and I don't appreciate their love or anything like that. But now I'm just coming to terms with, I can't always be in their corner and I can't always be around because now I have another person to consider in the picture. Right. I think that was really hard for me with Aaron as well. My family is pretty dysfunctional. Honestly, we're all fucking nuts, but we're so close And for me, it was very, very hard learning to choose my husband over my family and learning to choose like my husband and and consider him my family now. And I think that when you're in a really long-term relationship, and I think that we should do an episode on that, um, you have to adjust and learn how to choose, like to make a family of that person. So I think that can be really, really hard. And I get the same feeling, like they'll all go to a pumpkin patch together or They'll all just do like dinner on a Sunday night together. And oh I see everything on Instagram. I see everything like, and I, and I feel like I'm like, it like, it sucks. Like I feel super left out. So I totally understand you feeling that way, but I do think it's so important to have that time to grow your own family because I think if Aaron and I hadn't had that conversation that we would still be doing like holidays apart. So my silver lining is a little bit different, but it's very on brand for my Enneagram type. And it has to do with the podcast. So I was in a terrible mood yesterday. I was so angry. I was so cranky and it was all my own fault. Like I put really unrealistic expectations on myself. I was like, By the end of October, I will have this many followers on the Instagram. I will have outreach to this many people. I will have, on average, this many likes on our content because I'm spending so much time on it. That's how I am and that's what I do. And that's why I'm so successful in my career because I give myself deadlines, not my manager or my boss. I think that um, I was just kind of scrolling through other podcasts and I saw that there's other podcasts that are gaining so much more traction, so much faster And I'm comparing my content to their content or I'm comparing us to them. And some of them have nothing. They don't even like, they're not even the same subject as us. So it's really not fair to compare. But I was like, I feel like I'm doing all the right things and I'm not just seeing, I'm just not seeing the growth. And then for a second, I was just like, then what the fuck am I doing this for? Why am I stressing out over this and proofreading captions and engaging with people, making all this fucking content? Like, what is the point? Why am I spending my evenings after working and I'm about to be working two jobs for a little bit? And I'm like, I'm like, am I even enjoying doing this? What's the point if we're not wildly successful? And I was just bitching and Aaron was like, dude, He's like, that's not the point of why you did this. He's like, I understand that. He's like, I understand that you have really high expectations for yourself. He's like, and I understand that you want this to do well. He's like, but you didn't agree. He's like, you agreed to this and you were excited just to be like a part of this project because you needed a space that forced you to be openly vulnerable 
on the internet so you could break out of your internet personality and actually try to be uniquely who you are. He's like, social media has been so fucking toxic for you. You have been so fucking miserable. He's like, and and this podcast kind of came at you at a perfect time where you were like, okay, I have to say yes, this is a sign, right? That I need to cut my shit and I need to like be okay with me and showcase who that is. Even if people don't, not everyone's going to like it. And he's like, you weren't even worried. You were like, I don't care if fucking 10 people watch in and it's only my family or if only 10 people listen or whatever. He's like, you have slowly but surely did the same thing to this podcast that you've done to everything you've ever done to your life. And you've put so much pressure on yourself to perform that it's making you, he's like, today you want to quit the podcast. He's like, you literally want to quit the fucking podcast because you don't have that many Instagram followers. He's like, what does Instagram followers even have to do with it? He's like, Instagram's Instagram. He's like, I listen to your podcast. I don't use social media like that. He's like, so how do you know that that's accurate? He's like, someone could have 5,000 Instagram followers and still only have 20 people actually listening to their content. Why isn't that enough for you? Or the one person that says that I've been really depressed and you brought me, you like listening to your podcast. We got a DM and it was so sweet. It's like, I've just been in a really negative headspace and I've been really depressed and I stumbled upon your podcast and I binged like the first three episodes. And she said that for the first time in a while that she was able to feel like normal and herself again. He's like that one message is enough. I actually sent Julie a picture from our podcast flow. fuck you. I remember. On Instagram. And it's actually a quote. And it says, you can be grinding for four years with no results and on the fifth year become the biggest thing on the planet. The power of never giving up is real as fuck. And that, and I sent that to her because it's true. And we just put so much pressure on ourselves in this process. And I've always tried to like bring you back down to earth and say, Julie, we're doing good. We're doing as much as we possibly can. We don't do this full time. We work nine to fives, you work crazy ass hours. <laughs> and sometimes you work more than 40 hours a week. And then we come and record and have to edit and all of this stuff. But it's going back to what Aaron's saying, that one person makes all of the difference. I guess my silver lining is that I woke up this morning and I was able to like kind of put that back in perspective where yesterday everyone was saying this at me and I was unable to like really let it sink in. Like I was just being very, very competitive. And I'm like, well, if only 267 people like us, then what's the point? But like, that's a good amount of people. Like shit, I have fucking like realistically three friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like (laughs) I literally have three friends. I'm like, that's pretty good. And, and it's really, it's, it's not about that. And it's not about like blowing up, but I'm comparing, like I'm comparing us to like influencers that have podcasts and like people on like bachelor in paradise that have podcasts. And I'm like, and I'm even like comparing us to like the fucking toast. Right. And I'm like, well, maybe our content's just not relatable. It's not relatable. It's real conversations about feelings. And a lot of people aren't going to vibe with that. And I have to be okay with that because I've always tried to be super fucking relatable and I've always tried to appease the masses and like tone down my personality for other people. And the whole fucking point of this was that I stop doing that and I'm uniquely me because that's a beautiful thing too. But at the end of the day, we created this space for us to be who we truly are. And I think we're doing a pretty damn good job of that. I agree. 
Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm so happy. So the book of the month was chosen. We did a poll on Instagram. I hope you guys voted for it. So the book of the month is going to be Daring Greatly. How the Courage to be Vulnerable Transforms the Way We Live, Love, Parent, and Lead by Brene Brown. Yeah, I definitely got at least a handful of DMs requesting this book. So I'm truly excited for us to dive in. Our book of the month recap episode will be the week of Thanksgiving on 11-24. We're going to be covering some interesting stuff in the in the month of November. I'm very excited for you guys to hear what we have to say. So with that being said, that concludes this week's podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Sunshine with Rain Podcast and check out our website, www.sunshinewithrain.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all platforms. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay thirsty, my friends. Cheers.